This is Jess. And this is Thomas. This is Alyssa. And you are listening to the Glory <laughs> Pod. Alright, take 45. Go. <laughs> this is Jess. Hey guys, this is Thomas. This is Alyssa. And you are listening to the Glory Podcast, where today we are interviewing Maverick Kirby. Dun, dun, dun. This is his story. Maverick, first of all, can you explain to us why he, you are the mastermind behind this whole thing happening? So can you tell us where that started, why it's happening, your vision? Just kind of bring us through that. Um, yeah. Um, if you've listened to my previous episode, I talked about it at the end, but obviously not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Got it halfway through. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wanted to start a company all my life. I've started three companies. They all failed. Um, I'll talk about it if you want to, but I thought I wanted to start a podcast on storytelling because I love human beings. I love their stories. Um, I think we judge people just by their looks and we don't understand that there's stories behind faces. There's impactful things that you can get inspired by. And honestly, it started from movies. I watched the movie Secret Life of Walter Mitty completely changed my life because it's about this boring man that works at the firm, lives the normal life, and then you begin to see that he actually is an adventurous side. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if people are like that. So then I just had this journey of asking people questions like, where are you from? And then I just get inspired. And I said, oh, I wish I recorded that. So then I said, why don't we do a podcast where we get people that are interesting and we just talk about life. Okay, so Maverick, you have a really fascinating story, mm-hmm. especially uh, in our culture. So can you kind of tell us how you grew up, uh, kind of your heritage, and what middle school, high school looked like for you? Um, Cause do you want to know my... Tell us how old you are. I'm 19. Okay. Yep. Single. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Heyo. Uh, you want to know about my ethnicity too that'd be great yeah so my dad's british my mom's chinese but she's from hong kong same thing don't get offended uh they met in i believe ritz carlton 1990 in hong kong my dad just transferred because he was managing he was managing a hotel and he said i want to go to asia so he moved all across the world to hong kong and then just met my mom one day they're working at the same sector 10 years later i popped out 2000 August 8th. Very and, good. Uh, I did elementary and middle school. Oh, no, elementary and we call it K1. I don't know what you guys call it here. Um, basically, till I was 11, I was in Hong Kong. Probably kindergarten. Yeah, probably kindergarten. Um, in Hong Kong. Uh, I did middle school there. I don't, I mean, kindergarten there. I don't remember much. Uh, and then I moved to Malaysia all of a sudden because my parents decided Kirby and Maverick, which is my sister, needed to go to Malaysia. So I went to Malaysia to a Christian international school, but I went to boarding school there instead. And it was probably the biggest stretch of my life because I was a mama's boy. And I thought that transition was tough, but I think I learned a lot from my times in Malaysia. 
So I did middle school and high school in Malaysia. So how old were you when you entered boarding school? I think I was 11 and a half. And what was that like yeah. as a kid to... I think I was... Uh, I think it was shocking. I, I think my brain wasn't ready to comprehend that I would lose friends. Because I, I don't know why. But then I think it hit me probably halfway through that I'm here permanently. And my parents are somewhere else. So I made new friends. It was tough though. I made friends with a guy called Oichai. He was, I think he was a freshman, tall dude from Thailand. And I think he just adopted me as his brother, little brother. And then we'd become best friends. I'd hung out with him a lot because we stayed in the same dorms. And I remember I came back from summer right after sixth grade. So for after one year boarding. And then I was doing a second year for seventh grade. And then I realized when I came back that he got uh, expelled. So I lost my big oh. middle buddy yeah so it just keep i kept i kept losing close friends but oh. then i just met my best mates five of them yeah we're still best friends so tell us kind of about like the structure of boarding school okay what would you want to know so i mean I, I know you had like house parents kind of or yeah we call them uncles and aunties and just like how like the dorm was set up and kind of some of your maybe some of your like fun crazy stories of what happened inside of that structure so basically there are four dorms it was also okay so the whole school was based on the huge plot of land that two nuns bought i don't know why so two nuns bought a huge plot of land (laughs) in an island in malaysia and said we wanted to be a christian school and it happened it the the plot of land was an ex-military base for horses so it was all stables So the school just reconstructed the stable into uh, classrooms and dorms. So there's four dorms. I lived in Chandler dorm. There was Jaffrey dorm. There was Jackson dorm. And there was Zimmer dorm. Hmm. So the first year from sixth grade, I was in Chandler dorm with my two uh, dorm parents, Uncle Eddie and Aunt Becky. They're great. I love out out of all the dorms that I hopped to. I think that was the best Hmm. just because they're the realest with me. Um, I still... (laughs) what <laughs> I was doing I still remember the time oh yeah oh sorry I thought it was part of it um yeah it was great a lot of roaches I think I got stressed a lot of roaches so oh my gosh it was in the middle of the jungle so I was a city kid so I didn't I didn't hate I hated insects and stuff but after like two months you just sleep with roaches and snakes and ants in your ears and oh my gosh and you flies serious? and mosquitoes yeah and it's moist hot wet but it was great i guess it is the jungle yeah it is the jungle um i remember one time when i was showering i made friends with this roach because you just had to it's a huge roach if you killed it um the babies the babies would come out so we didn't kill it we just kept it we're like if we leave it alone it'll leave us alone and then i was rushing to school one day and then i saw the roach i forgot what we named it it was huge if you balled up your fist pretty much the size of it yeah no it was good good oh is that five inch yeah four. yeah good five inch uh roach and the bathroom was super small it was tight it was probably like seven by seven. Oh my god! it was tight um i was showering and then i saw it come out and it usually only comes out at night and i was washing my hair <laughs> so i'm washing my hair with my eyes open soaps in my eye but i'm like i need to keep an eye on it because if i don't know where it is i'm done so i just showered with it and it was nasty is... so <laughs> what an experience for you 
Yeah, it was nasty. Maverick and the Wildlife. Oh, yeah. In Malaysia. So you guys like to sneak out a lot? Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're done. You're done. I, I, I didn't sneak out that much. I think my older dorm, dorm brothers would sneak out and they'd come back with snacks. And then I'd pay for the snacks, but no, I didn't sneak out. <laughs> oh, I see. You're the sugar daddy. I was the businessman. The business. That's yeah. so uh, true. That's was, like so low, true of your life, man. I was like the, you take the risk, I'll get the That reward. is hilarious. Yeah. And my mom, Classic. my dad, uh, my parents put me and my sister in this camp. I don't know why. It was the most bizarre thing. This is right before I went to Malaysia. So in my brain, I'm assuming they probably wanted me to wanted to move me and Kirby out of um, Asia and put us into a jungle. So they're like, why don't we prep them with summer? And it was honestly, it helped a lot. We got put in this little camp. I had no clue what was going on. I just remember me and Kirby getting a lot closer because mm. I knew no one and Kirby's really protective. Oh. Um, we did rafting. I remember we went down a raft. Uh, tube, what did tubing? else we call it where you go down a really fast rushing river i guess what you call it yeah we're in a tube yeah in yeah. a tube yep. and it was called alligator river and oh you'd go by and you'd gosh. see uh, clothes that are ripped hung on the tree and then people are like there are alligators here um i don't think there are alligators but they could be because it's thailand so everyone was scared i think oh the staff gosh. made it so the staff ripped the clothes hung oh. it on the and they made it look like alligator river yes. so just to scare the kids but i don't think they're alligators i did not know that so when we were tubing and these oh, rafts were buddy. crazy like you get toppled over like pretty easily but no one toppled over because each tube had an instructor and our instructor was a pretty fun guy um so we we're going to wait we we're in like a big raft or like a tube. yeah so i think the whole summer camp was about 500 uh from anywhere from i probably nine to like 25 mm. all over men and women um and then we all go to different places each week so this week i don't know we probably went to some random place with rivers and we went tubing and then i think we were the last boat or second last tube going down because you usually go eldest to youngest and okay. i was probably the youngest group so then my sister goes ahead and then it's me and a bunch of boys so we go tubing we're all flimsy. I was a chubby kid, no balance. <laughs> um, and I was like, let's do it. And I held onto the rope. <clears throat> then we went down the raft and then we hit a rock and I fell off the boat because I couldn't carry my own weight. So I tubed off the boat and then I swim by and then I kind of drift by next to the boat and I look up and there's these the clothes. Yeah, the clothes. Oh, and then oh. and I remember it's Alligator River. So I'm freaking out. Everyone's like, yeah. And the, oh. the instructor's just laughing. And he told me afterwards, there's no alligators, but it was fine. Oh, man. I thought it was alligators. And how old were you, like 10? Yeah, probably 10, right oh, before gosh. I went to Malaysia. That's crazy. That was fun, though. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> I had another question before that. Oh, yeah. So, so tell us about when everything kind of like flipped and changed with your family. And how all of a sudden, like, your family started to, like, come to know Jesus and just kind of that whole process of yeah. everything changing. It was, I think we, me and, my, me and my sister finished doing the boarding. So this was probably eighth grade. 
because uh, I bored sixth grade and I also kind of boarded seventh grade. And then on eighth grade, my parents decided to buy a house in Penang, which was the place. Uh, it's a it's an island in Malaysia. They bought a house. They said, "Here we'll we'll come. You can live with us. You don't have to board anymore." Because I told them I hated boarding school, but it was great. I hated it back then, but I realized it helped me a lot to become independent and dependent. Mm. Um, and then my sister, that time she made great friends with uh, what we call an assistant dorm parent. So every Friday the dorm parents get a break from us rascals, so they'll go out <laughs> on dates and with each other. And then a dorm, a substitute dorm parent would come and take over for the day. And the dorm parent we had, the substitute was Aunt. Heather, I believe. She was an ex-Bethelite. And just in case, if you don't know what Bethelite, Bethel is, it's just a ministry school. And she, I think she was ministering to my sister. Where is this ministry school? <laughs> yeah, in Redding, California. Um, and she was ministering to my sister. And then I believe somewhere through, halfway through my eighth grade year, her ninth grade year, she got converted and believed in Jesus. <clears throat> And she began to began to minister to my parents. My mom back then was, she wasn't a practicing Buddhist, but Chinese people just have right. uh, Buddhism kind of intertwined. So it's kind of what they call culture. Yeah. And I think my dad was kind of like agnostic. There was a God, but he didn't know. Right. Um, and my sister just ministered to my mom throughout a couple mm. of months. And my mom was a very curious woman. And she, she felt that whatever this Jesus guy she was about, so she felt peace on it and she searched it up and she began to watch Benny Hinn videos off the bat wow. and she got hooked she's like I like this whatever, whatever whatever this man's got I believe in it so she just spent countless days nights till like four in the morning just watching wow. Benny Hinn and um, Catherine Coleman also and a bunch of other Jimmy Swagger Jimmy Swagger yeah yeah I remember listening to Jimmy Swagger music when I was a kid not a kid when a teen because she'd play all the time. And then, obviously, when your wife gets converted, you kind of just do it also. Mm. I think my dad got converted, too. He was an all-in. And then my high school goes by. Um, my sister graduates. I graduate. And my sister decides to go to Bethel. Um, I didn't decide to go. I thought I was going to go to art school in New York and pursue my arts and animation and then go to Pixar mm. and then create movies. That's where my love for movies comes from. And then my mom's like, I want to go, too. And then my dad's like, I want to go too. So they've been watching Bill Johnson and Chris talk. And they're like, I love this healing thing. I've never heard the church talk about healing. Mm. So they all uh, apply. They all get accepted within like three days, I think. Um, and then I was like, oh, maybe I want to go, but maybe not. So my mom was like, why don't you just come to America? Because you're going to come to America anyways. Right. You'll get like a one year to adapt to the culture. You can come to the school and if you don't like it. You can just drop out and you'll live with us. I'll take care of you. And then a year after, you go to New York. And how about that? She's like, yeah. I'm like, that sounds good. Uh, kind of. I'm like, I'll have a gap year. So they all apply. I apply. I get accepted off the bat. And then I arrive to Bethel. And, and where I, were you at with God at this point? Nowhere. I thought of him. I knew of him. I got baptized just because my mom's like, just get baptized. And then, you know, you'll learn along the way. I kind of understood. I still had like the religious mindset where he's like in the clouds and I'm like a human and I don't know, no right. sense of relationship or no con yeah. I just didn't have a concept of it because we were getting taught different things. Right. Um, and then I just showed up to Bethel. And then this 
dude looked like a hobo with dreads just welcomed me in. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? Richard guy? Gordon. Richard Gordon. Yeah. What a guy. So that's kind of, and then obviously, um, I got wrecked, encountered, met Jesus during school, changed my life. Um, if it wasn't for Richard, I don't think I would have known the Jesus I do today. Oh, yeah. So props to that man. Is there any um, specific moment, um, maybe like a defining moment in in what Richard led you into as far as knowing Jesus that? you can kind of look back and be like, whoa, like that kind of changed everything for me. Ooh, um, well, that was an echo, sorry. Um, I think it would, there's a lot of specific moments, but I think it was just in general, I hated teachers. Hmm. Um, I just didn't like him. I was a very rebellious kid. I dropped like out. Like leaders. Yeah I, yeah, I forgot to tell you, I dropped out of school um, halfway through ninth grade because I just hated the teachers and I think they just didn't like me. Um, and ever since I just hated any authoritative leader, oh. um, I was just, anytime you told me to do something, I do the opposite just cause I thought, well, screw you. Yeah. Uh, but seeing rich and the way he just operated and he led and he loved, I think that was the most powerful thing. Mm. There's great moments of like signs and wonders and glory, but I'm like, he's just a great dude. Yeah. And I learned a lot from him. Just seeing how he operates. So just his consistency of who he was. Yeah, and he really, I think he really sought after the underdogs and the misfits more than anyone. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. So, so then for, after first year coming into second year of ministry school, BSSM. Mm -hmm. um, So in this season, who has God uh, revealed himself to be in your life? Uh, Second year. Yeah. Dang, probably a really cheeky God, because he pushed my buttons. Not in like a bad way. I think he, I was such a feeler. I needed to feel him in the room. Yeah. In order to really felt that he was in the room, and I think this year it's been more about what if you didn't, what what if you didn't feel me? Would you still believe in me? Wow. And it was tough because I used to close my eyes and worship, and boom, I'm hmm. completely wrecked. Uh, it's not in my face. But now I close my eyes and it's just nothing. And I think he's testing my ability to believe in what he says and what the Bible says. Because, I don't know, it's just, he. I don't think he purposely holds back, but I think he's somewhere else. And I'm so focused on right. him being where I think he's supposed to be. That kind of messes with my head. Mm. But I, ups and downs, but I think so far it's been so good. Yeah. I know I'm being stretched and if I'm being stretched, I'm, I'm moving somewhere. Yeah. So it's been good. Do you, do you feel like it's um like taking you deeper? Um, I think it's defined deeper. Um. So as you so you've kind of just come to know Jesus. Yeah. Like for real in the last like year and a half. Yeah. Um. So and as you you're kind of like ex- really experiencing him, feeling him, and now in this season where. You're like, okay, like this isn't how it used to be. Like I close my eyes, what I what I used to feel or connect with seems um, far off. Do you feel like it's far off versus mm. him taking you like instead of staying kind of on that surface level where you yeah. used to find him? Yeah. Like he, he hides things, right? Yeah. For people to reveal them to people who seek. Do you feel like he's kind of like 
drawing you into that deeper place? Like, do you yeah, sense I think that happening? before it was. He's always in the room, but before he he was just kind of like bear with me. He was in the room. I just closed my eyes. He was there, okay. but now it's almost like he left like a, a trail of clues, hmm. and so. But that's because I prayed for it, which is, I don't know, you get what you asked for. So I said, Lord, I, I thought it'd be cool. I'm like, I love mystery. Yeah. yeah, become the God of mystery for me. Wow. I wanted him to become, I didn't want life to be boring. Right. And then it bit me in the bum because he became the God of mystery for me. And wow. everything was a clue, which I love. Like, I find so much satisfaction. Like, every day, um, I'd, like, for example, you'd say something, like a sentence, and... I would have thought about that sentence or I would heard it in the radio or in a song and it those moments where mm. it doesn't make sense. And I think Bill talked about it during school. He's like, it's those moments where it just goes to show you that you're in the right place. Right. Like stuff like that, that odd thing, like it's like jinxes and stuff like that. Like glimpses of glory. Yeah. I'm like, that happened to me so frequently. Uh, it's bizarre. Mm. Um, so I think I know I'm in the right place. I don't have a solid concrete answer for oh and this is what happened right but i think that's the part of mystery yeah and i'd rather live a life like this than just to close my eyes and cry what is the point if you just cry yeah that's i'm good. really growing so if you're just it sucks crying is but good, it's great buddy. yeah I know. <laughs> you know what I mean. yeah i know what you mean yeah i mean staying on that in that same like playing field versus him just kind of like drawing you deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper yeah I don't think he's running me deeper. I think he's pulling me higher. Hmm. Ooh, quote that. Ooh. Very good. Yeah, but yeah. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for listening. Catch us next time on Glory Podcasts, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other platform. And remember, live life by the ABCs. Adventurous, brave, and creative. Out.